Mighty Ape is Australia's entertainment and pop culture superstore. With everything from movies, music, games, toys, books, hobbies and more, Mighty Ape is your one-stop shop for the things that matter most. They constantly have hot deals and exclusive promos. And if you visit their website on the click-through banner on fakechef.net's homepage, then your purchase will help support Good Movie Monday. Mighty Ape, Australia's entertainment and pop culture superstore. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning! Morning! Good morning! Good morning? You mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Please go away! Let me speak for the love of God! Well, this episode we have two brand new sponsors and I just want to announce them before we get started. Uh, we are sponsored this week by Coronavirus and Dettol. So... We're off to a good start. Um, after last week's discussion about James Bond, I think we've got a little bit of egg on our face, Keith. No, I stand by my statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, let's get it started. Thanks for listening. This is Good Movie Monday, produced by FakeChimp.net. I'm your host, Glenn Cochran. My resident cohort is, of course, Keith Schultz. And this week, we're joined by Jared Garn. Jared, how are you? Good, guys. Yourself? How are you feeling? Very well. I'm feeling good. Is that Healthy. actually a medical question? I was going to ask, because have you been tested? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're new to the show, let me introduce you to Jarrett. He is, of course, my partner in crime at FakeChamp.net. We've been running the side together for a few years. Uh, he was the co-host of the previous podcast incarnations that we've had, but he's also the digital marketing director of Monster Pictures and the festival programmer of MonsterFest. I hope I have that right. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> amongst, amongst other things. Other things. <laughs> he also happens to uh, record a weekly spot on this very show, and this marks the first time that he's at the desk with us. So hopefully it's the first of many more. Of course, coming up on this episode, Guillermo from Screen Realm is going to uh, take over the show for a few minutes, and then Adam is going to swing by with his latest movie review, which I believe is Bloodshot. Yeah, I've been keen to see this movie. I wanted to see it last night, but it was elsewhere. Let's see what he has to say about that mm. in a little bit. Anyway, Jared, it's good to have you here, mate. How are you? And you hosted Supernova this week. I did. Well, I, you didn't host Supernova. Well, no, I wish I had. <laughs> that would have been amazing. I would have been up there with James Spader and uh, Angela... <laughs> well, I can't remember. Angela Bissett? Was that the co-star? Oh, Supernova, <laughs> the movie from the 90s? <laughs> the uh, Francis Ford yeah, Coppola in, ghost-directed. Uh, classic. What a stunt. Uh, yeah, no, I did. I did a panel for a film called The Faceless Man, which is directed by a local filmmaker, James Martino, and it was terrific. It was a really good experience. It was unusual doing a panel in front of an audience that is comprised of like Han Solo, Deadpool, and a million other different anime and movie characters. Yeah. Because every now and then I'd shoot a look out into the audience and I'm like, oh, is that Han Solo? And then you'd try and work out who else, you know, someone was dressed as. But Dave from Heavy Magazine was there Yep. in the second row. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was something different for me to do. And geez, they run a slick operation. It was so professional. Well, I, I don't want to write on your coattails mm. or anything because Dave did take a photo of that. And I think I've poached that and put it on the Fake Champ website right, no, just no. because I knew we'd be talking about it and people would want to see. Awesome. Well, yeah, there's a professional photographer, but this is the thing you've got to understand about these special events. And I know this firsthand from MonsterFest is they have professional photographers at these things that take a million photos and you're like, awesome. I can't wait to see these photos. It's going to be great. And you never see them. Yeah. I don't know where they end up in an archive somewhere. Mm. Uh, and it's a little bit of heartbreak. And I was hoping they'd surface a day or two later. And I was like, oh, no, it looks like Dave's Dave's the best I got. So, yeah, went out with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, we're going to pick your brain in a little bit too. Uh, but, Keith, how are you? I'm well, mate. Are I'm we well. recovered from last week's news? Oh, look, we're getting there. I mean, look, to be fair, this week's developments have kind of offset my initial shock. So it was only last week that we're talking about James Litzman passing away, and this week, Max von Sydow at the age of 90. Ripe old age. Yeah. Fresh as a yeah. daisy till the end. Sad news. Of course, you know, he's been in countless films over the yeah. years, mm. and... I was really pissed off that some of the media were actually running headlines that say Game of Thrones star and Star Wars actor dies. Disgraceful. That's just wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's factually right, but it's wrong. Yeah, I mean, I can't even recall him being in Game of Thrones, but I can tell you a bunch of other movies he's been oh, in. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that says about us as a society that we can't, yeah. you know, we haven't got that memory. Mm. It's like the cultural touchstone is only something that's played on television recently. Yeah, that's, that's right. Star Wars is continually on TV yeah. as was Game of Thrones. Currently Thrones. trending on, you know, streaming services. Yeah. Of yeah. course, The Exorcist and The Seventh Seal are the films that most people know him for, but mm. he's also been in Flash Gordon, greatest story ever told, Three Days of the Condor, and Keith, I think there's one that you would love. Never say never again. <laughs> burn, burn it with fire, but he was he was a great blowfield. <laughs> <laughs> what was it you were saying to me about him before? He knows how to strike a cat. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Awakenings, Judge Dredd, yeah. 
Minority Report, Shutter Island. Yeah, Shutter oh, Island. Yeah. There's one I think yeah. you and I, Jarrett, would be very fond uh, of. Needful Things, Absolutely. the Stephen King adaptation. I love it. That is a fantastic love film. Have you seen adaptation. that one? I haven't seen that one. Mate, get on it. It's, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. really good. If anything, it's improved over time. Because mm. I think when I first saw it, I enjoyed it. But in it's the years gone. since, is it, who else is in it? Is it Paul, uh, Peter Weller? Um, Ed it? Harris. Ed Harris, yeah, that's And Bonnie right. Bedella. Yeah, I need to revisit it. It's such mm. a, it's a really cool film. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's and it's also it's one of those very Stephen King ones. Like yeah. you know, you can watch it and know immediately who wrote this. Mm. Of course, yeah. But the other news of the week, of course, well, it's Corona time. Yeah. yeah. My God, how have things blown up since we were on the mic <laughs> last week? <laughs> that's right. I don't know where to start. Wow. I mean, I prepared notes for this episode with things you know, films that have been pulled. Films mm. have been postponed, mm. events that have been cancelled, yep. all this kind of stuff. But it keeps growing by the hour. Yeah, it's yep. crazy. It's so yeah. my notes are just not going to cut it. But you know, it started off with um, like Peter Rabbit was. I was devastated about Peter Rabbit too because we were due to go to a media screening of this on Sunday, mm. and I got the email about it before they'd made the public announcement about it, and I was genuinely shattered. Yeah. Like, I am legit excited about this movie. I never liked James Gordon until I saw the original Peter Rabbit. Now I can tolerate him. Mm. And subsequently, <laughs> it, it broke my heart because I have not watched one teaser or trailer. Anytime the teaser or trailer has come on TV or in cinema, I blocked my ears and looked away because yeah, I wanted yeah. it to be an absolute surprise. You're anticipating this release. Absolutely. Yeah. This was my bond, <laughs> Keith. Right. This was my bond. Um, and so that was the first bit of disappointment for the week. And then, of course, A Quiet Place 2 got yanked. Like yeah. Within a week of its release, it gets yeah. yanked. That was, the 11th hour, it gets pulled. That was the amazing. night before, they were doing publicity all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Well, and bus stop advertisements, trailers on TV. They've spent so much money marketing this That's film. right. And they haven't, I don't think they've, they've rescheduled a date, have they? No, there's no date yet. Yeah. yeah. So I think the only thing left screening this week is uh, A Current War, which is a film about like, you know, Tesla. Edison and, and, yeah. yeah, with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Yeah. That's right. probably going to get pulled too. No one's going like no to gonna, come out. No, one no one's going to see that anyway. It'll, it'll play for six months at the no That's right. and got, still no one you know has seen it. They've got a perfect <laughs> excuse now for when it fails. Yeah. Well, what about, I think there's a, a documentary called Skid Row Marathon as well. Have you heard about this one? No. no. Is it about the band Skid Row? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's all their albums back to back. That's right. Well, that. That's good. That's right. It's a marathon. <laughs> no, it's a documentary about a judge that starts a running club for alcoholics and paroled prisoners. And disadvantaged people in the community. Right. You know, wow. That was yeah. definitely coming out. Yeah. That no <laughs> doubt. That <laughs> they're going to drop that. No, I don't think they're counting on the Chinese market for that one. No. <laughs> so I and guess. What else? What else has been cancelled? Well, been let me Milan? get to that. Milan got cancelled. We literally got an invite then... for Milan the other day. And then within a day of receiving that invite, the film was pulled. Yeah. All right. Let's Again, talk about yeah. that in a second. But first, I want to hear from Guillermo up at Screen Realm. He's going to um, cover some of the stuff that's happening on their website, which, you know, I suspect it's going to be a lot of corona. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Guillermo here from ScreenRealm.com, Australia's favorite entertainment website, all things movies and television. Here for episode three of Good Movie Monday. Happy to be here. Quick rundown of the week. We had Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson getting struck with coronavirus. There's a lot of coronavirus news going on. I'm just going to cover it very quickly. Uh, hope everyone's safe out there. But look, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, they got struck by coronavirus while filming the Elvis Presley movie. It's still untitled by Baz Luhrmann. So they were in Queensland and they've been um, on tour recently because of Rita Wilson. She's also a singer. And the married pair, both aged 63, got struck with coronavirus. At the moment, they've been in isolation at a Gold Coast hospital, I believe, and apparently they're doing well. So good news is that their health seems to be okay. But apart from the health concerns, coronavirus is also taking a toll on business, and the movie industry is taking a bit of a hit with the coronavirus. So we've got a number of releases. Last week, we talked about how upcoming Bond film No Time to Die was being delayed by seven months. Well, more and more releases are now starting to be pulled from their scheduled release dates such as A Quiet Place 2, Mulan, New Mutants, Peter Rabbit 2. These films have been pulled from release. No new release dates have been announced for a number of them. So look, it's, it's a shame, but at the same time, it's completely understandable. We had a number of big trailers come out in the last week. Marvel's upcoming Black Widow movie. Hopefully that doesn't get completely pulled from the schedule as well. The new trailer arrived. It's fantastic. Scarlett Johansson, she's back in the lead role. Look, Black Widow takes place after Civil War, before Infinity War. We all know what happened to Natasha Romanoff, so it's going to be interesting to see whether fans really gravitate towards this prequel, so to speak, and what surprises lie in store. I've been a real big fan of the trailers so far. The action looks great. I love the cast, Rachel Weisz, David Harbour. It looks awesome. And Crocodile Dundee is back. 
Paul Hogan's back, more like it. Transmission Films released the official trailer for the very excellent Mr. Dundee, an upcoming comedy starring Paul Hogan as well himself. The film finds the Aussie comedian actor wanting to live a quiet life in retirement but he's unable to stay out of the headlines. When he's offered a knighthood he reluctantly accepts and he has six weeks to stay out of trouble before the ceremony but of course that can't happen. There are a number of familiar faces on board including John Cleese, Chevy Chase, Olivia Newton-John, Shane Jacobs and Julia Morris, the list goes on. Look, this isn't really my cup of tea, the trailer didn't really grab me, but there's a good amount here that I think can warrant a bit of an audience. There's a nostalgia factor for sure with Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, all that stuff, so check out that trailer if you haven't. A new trailer also arrived for an upcoming HBO limited series titled The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman. It reunites Kidman with Big Little Lies creator slash writer David E. Kelly and it looks really good. It's just a bit of a teaser trailer so you don't get too much plot. The series will basically have Kidman playing a successful therapist whose ideal life with a successful husband played by Hugh Grant begins to spiral after a violent death and a chain of revelations. If you've read the novel you should have known. You might know a little bit more of what the plot will hold but for the rest of us it looks pretty intriguing and there's a lot of talent involved so that looks good. There was also a new trailer for Jungle Cruise. The upcoming Dwayne Johnson Emily Blunt adventure. We'll see if this one gets a change in release as well. Just like Pirates of the Caribbean, this upcoming Disney film is based on a theme park ride. The plot has Johnson playing a charismatic riverboat captain hired by Blunt's determined explorer to take her on a trip up the Amazon River in search of a fabled tree that is said to hold the power to heal all. It looks like a lot of fun. It's easy to be very uh, wary of Disney manufactured blockbusters. But, you know, I like the talent involved here. I'm a big fan of Johnson, I'm a big fan of Blunt, and the two look to have charisma in spades. I think this could be a blockbuster in terms of just great popcorn family entertainment. So we'll see about this. We have a new giveaway up right now for a brutal thriller called Into the Ashes, released by Eagle Entertainment on Australian DVD March 18th. Now if you like gritty thrillers, this is one to look out for. It stars Luke Grimes, Australia's Robert Taylor, Frank Grillo. It's basically about a guy who escapes his violent criminal history, but his old crew hasn't forgotten about him or the money he stole, and well, you're gonna have to see the rest. Check out our giveaway, it's got the trailer in there as well, Into the Ashes DVD giveaway. That's it for me guys, don't forget ScreenRealm.com, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz, social media, make sure you guys follow Good Movie Monday as well. Glad to be on episode 3, thank you so much, take care of yourselves out there, I'm out. We interrupt this program to bring you a motivational message from Wes of Scarefest Television. Don't fear failure. Fear being in the exact same place next year as you are today. Unless you're like rich and happy, and then in that case... I don't know. Do what you're doing. No, I want to nip this corona thing in the bud. I don't want to talk about it for much longer because, you know, who wants to hear more about this? It's all we are bloody hearing at the moment. But let's just quickly touch upon it. Guillermo, you know, obviously mentioned films that have been sort of delayed and postponed as we did earlier. Yeah. Um, everything is being cancelled mm. right now, you know, from... Uh, South by Southwest was one of the yeah, original yeah. ones to go. Yeah. Dark Mofo in Tasmania. You know, mm, mm. That's gone. Download Festival. You yes, know. which I was due to go to. Been mm. cancelled. The Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Yeah. Which Under is, the that... Southern Stars, which I was due to go to, which is Easter weekend. Been cancelled. Man, bloody Disneyland's yeah. closed. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, no. that's, that's end of the world stuff Epic. when when Bob Iger goes, nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're done. What try back up. Yeah. Tribeca only announced Tribeca. their lineup late last week or early this week. And I got a friend who's an editor who's got a film in there, was overjoyed. First time in a major film festival. Wow. And has to announce in the same week that it It's devastating. Yeah, it. heartbreaking. And yeah. so what happens now is the big question. Because with South by Southwest and Tribeca, there's a lot of filmmakers that have worked so hard to get their films into that festival. Mm. These are festivals that are attracting international buyers from all different distributors around the world, as well as other festival programmers. Now these films aren't getting their premiere status here, mm. and some of these have a festival strategy where the next festival they were due to go into was, say, a slightly smaller festival, and it drip feeds through the process. But now because they've lost the major festival, you can still put the laurel on your, your poster, but big deal. So these filmmakers are all being robbed of their opportunity to have the premiere, then subsequently to have that festival strategy that they would have worked on for months prior, and everything's up in the air. And the sales agents, like these deals are probably going to be done online, so these sales agents aren't going to see the film the way it was intended to be seen, with an audience, you know, a packed audience, reacting to the film so they can see 
the effect it has on an audience and said they're probably going to be watching an online screener on their laptop and you know they're probably going to be doing other things like using their phone or whatever works or not get the full impact of the film so it's really this is going to do a great injustice for independent cinema mainly. This could know, the be the moment. Of... This could be the moment where the tides change. Yeah, you know, with mm. the way we watch I movies. I think so. They change the model. Yeah, I don't like it at I, all. No. I don't either. Yeah. But I mean, wh- yeah. whichever way you look at it, whether it's the Grand Prix, Broadway's closed, like yeah, it's precarious everywhere. No one knows exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Particularly the Grand Prix. That's a lot of money. It's huge. That is. A, that's the biggest of a bunch. Oh, clearly, like. Our country, it's amazing. And that was literally supposed to open like last Friday, and people were lined up at the gates, yeah, and they weren't letting them in. And then they were waiting on the cancellation to come through, so it was literally cancelled yeah. on the day, yep. like on the spot. It's on amazing. Spot. I mean, we've got this new law that anything, um, like over 500 people is done. Football, like it's really, I mean, we don't know where it's going to end, I guess, particularly for cinema. Mm. Um, so the model could change because you know, all the major players, their films are being pushed back. Well, cancelled. watch this space. I guess we'll yeah. report on it, maybe yeah. from quarantine. Who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, let's move on from that. This is normally where I would throw to Jarrett's PE class. But because you're here on the desk with us, uh, we want to know a little bit more about you first. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for you it. You thought I was going to throw you in the deep end with I you. did. I <laughs> was just loading up my notes <laughs> just in readiness. No. So can you give us a little bit of a rundown? Let the people know who are listening what your titles are. Right, so at Monster, I am the digital marketing manager for Monster Pictures as well as Monster Fest. That means I basically look after everything in the online realm. So everything from marketing strategy for films, looking after the social media, designing all the assets for social media, uh, which include everything from you know images through to viral video content. Uh, I also do a range of other sort of marketing tasks, whether it's prepping stuff for third parties and things of that nature. Uh, then I'm also a festival program, uh, programmer for Monster Fest. I also work on a lot of the special features for so some of the releases. Pretty much, if yeah. you can see Monster, it's you. Yeah, mm. although I'm, a, I'm definitely part of it. I mean, like, yeah, everyone's got some sort of, you know, sort of thing that they do. Grant, who I'm, runs the company, he's the businessman. He gets mm. the business done, but... I'm talking purely hats. on a visceral level. Like, if you oh, can, yeah, yeah, if you can see Monster... If you can see stuff, then yeah. generally yeah. there's a good chance that I might have done it. Yeah. Puts yeah. the Monster. Yeah. Monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so on that, mate, obviously you're very involved there. So can you tell us what like a typical day at Monster Pictures looks like? Oh, well, there is never a typical day. But I can tell you at least one of my daily responsibilities is looking after the Monster Fest website. So I actually curate and, you know, put together all the content, whether it's new stuff relating to, you know, upcoming features, trailer drops, through to reviews, you know, for films, genre-specific sort of films. Uh, and then anything sort of pertaining to home entertainment releases from other labels like Umbrella. In fact, Colorado Space got re- announced for Home Ent, which I'm very excited about. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's probably my day in, day out. I'm definitely doing something to do with the website, definitely doing stuff with social media, and then different things will come by my desk. Like last week I was working on an EPK for an upcoming film that we're distributing in Australia and New Zealand, crime caper called Low Down Duty Criminals and I've actually cut the feature trailer for that film as well which I'm really excited about because wow. the first time I cut the feature trailer film trailer um, and that one will play in cinemas which is going to be insane because it's like mm. I, I love trailers so the idea of actually you know mm. making one and I have a pretty weird understanding of how trailers work just because I love them mm. uh, so that was really good and that was an intensive process working on that but yeah EPKs uh, yeah there's just so many different things that just sort of come across you know my desk to do mm. you know it can be pretty much anything and it's also about trying to make things exciting like today we oh sorry friday we would have announced the monster fest dates so they're out there on the internet now uh for our festival in october provided the coronavirus hasn't wiped us all out uh and in doing that i was trying to find an exciting way to do it so i cut together like a little viral video that was in a context of almost like a you know broadcast warning sort of thing because we've got this whole panic situation going at the moment i was kind of like do something funny and then I don't know how many people actually turn the volume up on it, but it has this dull sort of beeping sort of test pattern sort of sound. But then right at the end, there's like a jump moment. Uh, and I threw that in just for the people that would actually like maybe have <laughs> headphones on and watch it on the train and then just literally shit their pants. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess it's about trying to take things that are, you know, ex- still, you know, exciting, but try and make them more exciting. Of course, your your work too with, with Monster Fest is pretty legendary. I've yeah. known you the whole time you've been working with Monster. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. there a more intense and stressful time than the Monster Fest period? Uh, 
that week leading into Monster Fest, I feel is like super stressful because there's it, there's so many things that come down to the line. Like we've had announcements go out, then the following day we've lost a film because somehow it's been bought up by some distributor and they, for whatever reason, don't want to go festival or they're holding off because they've got a different strategy and we find out about it and it's like, well, what do we do? Because we've just put out a press release, we put it out, everyone's excited. Um, through to like last year, you know, waiting to announce Color Out of Space. Like we had it locked in before we'd seen it, but we were so excited because it was a HP Lovecraft adaptation, Richard Stanley at the helm, first film he'd done in, you know, two decades. Super excited. And we basically had it since Khan when it was still in post. And then then there was a bidding war over, you know, who was going to buy it for Australia. And suddenly the sales agent, we got it through, said, we just had to kind of pause things while we work this out. And so we went from having this movie and on the cusp of announcing it to suddenly we don't know if we've got it or not. Mm. And then that was only, I think that was only like a week or so out from the festival. And we kind of announced and nothing had been signed at that point, but we needed to go out with it. Uh, so things like that are really stressful. Even wow. like, even stressful, like when you're putting together teasers for the festival and that. And a lot of the time, there's no trailers for these films yet because they're so new. Mm. They've just maybe premiered at Toronto or Fantastic Fest or Cannes. So there's no trailers, sometimes no scene clips. And so you're trying to promote all these movies that you can't show anything but a still of. So you have to kind of like, how can I make this exciting? And mm. that is quite stressful and exciting at the same time. Because once you've got through it, you're like, how the hell did I do yeah. that? Like, I could never have conceived that idea. Um, but yeah, look, I think I think you run on pure adrenaline during the course mm. of the festival. Um, it's just because you are a little bit panicked the entire time, but you're also really excited. Well, speaking of the promos that you do, yeah. um, can you give us the line, it's only monster... Oh. It's only Monster Fest. It's only Monster Fest. It's only Monster Fest. <laughs> if you were at Monster Fest last year, that played before every single film. <laughs> it, was so good. it was so good because I, when I was doing it, I had no idea. Like we were really, we had so many crazy ideas for the trailer. Initially, it was going to be pretty much a shot-for-shot shot remake of the Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight Jason Takes Manhattan trailer. Mm-hmm. That is way more elaborate than it seems. Yeah. There's crane shots <laughs> and even with drones and, you know, you need a license to, and you can't operate those things in the city. Yeah. We got a mask made that looked like the monster on the mm. poster but it didn't quite look perfect. We realised there was going to be a lot of lighting involved and basically I was like, we, we just kept going through all these different ideas and one morning I was like, I just got this idea, I'm just going to start on it yeah. and when they get in, I'm like, this is the working, you know, sort of, this is where I want it to go. And they watched it and they were like, yeah, that sounds good. How, how fast can you get it done? And I go, I could do it in two days. I think I got it done fast. It became a chant. It did. And that was the cool part. Because for some reason, I thought that there was something that I thought about the trailer that I thought would be the catchy bit. I couldn't remember. I thought it was going to be like the end where it's like, you know, monster takes Melbourne or yeah. monster takes Australia in the, yeah. in the variants. Um, but no, it was that. And then people started chanting and it was weird. But I didn't, I didn't know about that because I was... I was doing the introductions to the movies uh, or to the, sorry, to the opening night. And so I was running around and the next night I think I was running around and then someone told me, oh, do you know, like in, in, you know, in the cinema before Tammy and the T-Rex, they're all chanting it. And I'm like, what? So the next day when there was a full enough session, I went in and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it was I, I was I started a trend, I mate. to film people it. doing it. And I was like, oh, I hope they do it in Brisbane. And by the Sunday in Brisbane, they were doing it before Color Out of Space. Wow. I was so happy. That would have yeah. been great. I wish they'd fine. done it before Houseboat Horror. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now, I should also just mention that yep. um, look, we've got a lot of listeners that are actually in the States, particularly yep. Kentucky, with our Scarefest uh, connection. So just want to let those people know they should look at Monster Fest and follow it online because, you know, even though they can't be here for it, yeah, there's yeah. some amazing, you know, exclusives and lots of, you know, news and all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's not just specific to Australia. So it doesn't just pertain to Australian releases or screen. Meetings. it's world news like the other week we had a trailer how's this we had the trailer for antlers but it turns out unbeknownst to me i love trailers but i try and not watch trailers of films i'm excited for because i'd just rather see it like peter rabbit for instance <laughs> um, but i so i had not watched the u.s trailer for antlers and i had not watched the local one but i knew enough for the film so I put the article together put the trailer out trailer got a couple thousand views which was really nice like on on mm. youtube and, you know, maybe a couple hundred on Facebook or whatever. And that was that. 
Anyway, the trailer got picked up by Bloody Disgusting because it turns out the Aussie trailer was different from the US trailer. They ran it and the trailer's gone to like 20,000 points wow. or so. Uh-huh. So it's like, thanks, guys. Yeah, that's right. So now I'm, now I'm watching every trailer going, is it different? Is it different? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to get on one thing you said earlier about, you said you did some from work for special features on yes. releases. So yes. I understand you've done some commentaries for DVD and Blu-ray release. So maybe just maybe just take us through that. Yeah. What's it like doing that? Uh, it's it's it's... It, initially, it was really daunting and intimidating. Mm. The first commentary track I did was for a film, uh, like a classic film of my childhood, um, and that was Link. Oh, um, my God. Richard Franklin film. Richard Franklin, yeah. classic. Everett DeRoche script, um, Elizabeth Shue in it. It's just wow. terrific. And I did it with Lee Gambit. He got me the gig doing it with him. And I remember him sending me the like a Word document we send back and forth, and we just we break down the film into scenes, and then we have talking points, and we work out where this suits what, if it's not screen specific. Uh, and it was a really, it was like a, it was like a close to a 30 page document, um, which doesn't sound like much, but the two of us can go on tangents and talk forever. So we never actually got through the entire notes, but we did talk <laughs> at lengths about so much stuff through the film. <laughs> People that have heard the previous podcast will know well, that. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like anyone that's listening to me right now. Um, and then from there, yeah, I, I did a couple more with him I've, and I branched out. I think the next one we did was a French film called Baby Blood, which is a terrific French um, body horror um, film from, I think it's 89, 90. Mm. Um, I should remember I did an entire commentary on it. But then we, then I did my own solo one, which I can't really say what it is because it hasn't been announced yet. I recorded right. it in September last year, and that was the hardest work of all because when it's just you talking for one hundred and eight minutes, mm. it yeah. is terrifying. Mm. Like I had to record it twice, and I even broke it up into like three parts. But that was exciting, and then I then I started branching out. And now I'm doing. I've I've just done a commentary for um, the Marlo Thomas Alan Elder film. Jenny, which is a 1970 draft dodging slash non-conventional romance. It's a fucking amazing wow. film. Like it really is super. You'd love it. Mm, You'd yeah. love it. Like it's, it honestly, it's, I, it's a great film yeah. and it's finally coming out to Blu-ray in April through Keenor Lorbuck. And that's the first time it's come to disc. It's never been on DVD before. And it is, it is a stunning, cool um, film that, yeah, it's, it's sort of in, I can't really describe it, but it's, it's, it's a strange film. Paints Alan Elder is a bit of a bastard-like character, but he's endearing, and I love Alan Elder as yeah. well. Like, I love his his mainly his film work, and as a writer director, uh, so that was exciting. And I've got a couple more. So, but for know? for people yeah. that weren't paying attention, what mm. was the one that you did by yourself? I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> what I can say though, here I'll say this: it's actually going to come out through Bestron Video Collector Series in the United States, which is a sub label of Lionsgate, and it's where they do a lot of their classic eighties. Mm. 90s horror stuff cool and this one's not a traditional horror film by any stretch yeah. well you're never one to rest on your laurels because you're mm. also a filmmaker yes. uh, you made a feature-length documentary called lesbos a go-go the untold tale of an unseen film which it yes. is really good yes uh, if you glenn's go to in, glenn's in it if you go to the fakeshemp.net uh, website yes. there's a tab right at the top where you mm. give you some information about that one but can you like summarize that film in less than a minute Gone Lesbo Gone is a retrospective documentary on the ni- uh, 2003 Aussie cult film Lesbo A Go-Go. And it's the film that probably shouldn't exist, but it does. And this is the wild untold tale of how it came to be. Excellent. And you wow. do have another one in production. I do. I'll give you two minutes. Okay. This one's, this one's <laughs> much shorter. This is actually a mini doc. It hasn't gone to post yet, but that's because I'm actually due to go to the US in July to do a bit more shooting for it. If everything's all right in the world. Um, But I do have two more interviews that I'm trying to lock. One that's totally going to happen. And then the other one, which, yeah, hopefully something will happen. Um, But that doco is about a band from the, I think they formed late 90s. But in 2000, they released their debut record, Designing a Nervous Breakdown. They just got back together for the 20th anniversary of that record. Well, most of the members, except for one, Justin, who didn't, didn't return for it. They got back together and did a run of four shows across the US. So in like Chicago and... Uh, the hometown shows the one I went to, which I saw them perform in Lawrence, Kansas. And, you know, I've, I've loved this band, you know, since I was like 20, since that album came out. Uh, and, you know, I've built a bit of a relationship with the front man, Josh, over, I don't know, last couple of years, I think a year or two. Uh, and subsequently, we were talking about the fact that I was going to possibly come to this show if I was going to Sundance. And then he said, well, you should shoot an episode of Video Hoarders with me. You know, because he's got a mad video collection. He's got amazing collection of, you know, sort of different 
horror paraphernalia, whether it's toys or whatever else. Video Hoarders being a show that he produces. Of course, yeah. yeah. I, Video Hoarders is currently in season two. Uh, check it out. Uh, <laughs> Monsterfest.com.au. And uh, so, yeah, he said that. And I said, oh, look, I can't really do it because it's a three-man crew. I'd love to do it, but I don't, you know, obviously I don't host it. It's Rob's gig. Um, I just produce and shoot. So, but I said, what about if we did like a documentary, like a mini doco about the anniversary, you know, getting back together, the reunion hometown show. And he was really into it. And then it kind of turned into, I think it's probably better to have a key focus. Let's do it about the 20th anniversary of this record. Mm. And so did interviews with those guys and interviews with some close friends, uh, other bands that they'd toured with when that album came out, like the band that took them out on their first nationwide tour in the States. Uh, and the guy who signed them to the sub-label that they were on, um, who was one of my favourite artists, Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids. So that was pretty surreal mm. and pretty exciting. Uh, but then, yeah, hopefully I'm going to catch up with Rich Egan from Vagrant in July and Justin, the other member who wasn't there for the reunion, to do to do the rest of this doco. And, yeah, I'm really excited because it's, you know, I'm always doing movie stuff like, you know, docos on, you know, retrospective docos on films and things mm. like that. So it's really cool to be able to channel what I can do toward another medium of something I'm really passionate about, this mm. music that influenced me as a teenager and in my 20s that I still respect and love, you know. And, yeah, so I'm well, really excited to actually be doing something like this. It's, well, we it's will keep I, everybody up to date with that because yes, look forward to seeing how that all absolutely. turns out. But for now, we're going to turn down the heat, close the oven door because the grilling is over, my friend. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh, but now you to bring survived. you back into fake shit mode, uh, you get to choose the first song for the show. Um Kind of movie related, of course. It is. It's kind of movie related, and it's kind of related to what I was talking about a minute ago. So this is George <laughs> Furwanger, who, who basically is the front man of the anniversary, but he's a solo musician these days. So, well, actually, he's got a band, um, but he does do solo stuff too. So this is a track of his called Exorcism Rock, and it's definitely got a very horror movie vibe about it. But yeah, I love it. They say they got it in for me. Cut off my head, watch the blood
Well, Leds, there's something I kind of want to try out, do something a little bit new that we haven't done already. Uh, being Melbourneites, you know, we all know and love the Astor Theatre. Yes. Yes. Now, that's Australia's oldest single-screen cinema, if I'm not mistaken. It's dedicated to showing classic films, retro cult favourites, double features, Q&As, all kinds of stuff. So why don't we just have a look each week at what they're screening? Yeah. Maybe get some people along, because this is the kind of place we want to endorse. Absolutely. So what grabs your attention that's playing this week, Keith? Well, we've got some tasty treats this week, Glenn. <laughs> Tonight we have a Snowpiercer by Director Bong off recent Parasite yeah. Glory, I believe, which is Glenn's favourite Academy Award winning film of all time. I didn't like Parasite. No, he <laughs> no, uh, did not. Overrated, I believe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Dang. Yet. Did not hate it, though. Let's just not yeah. paint me into some kind of corner here. <laughs> Shall we move on? But that's on at 7.30. Then on Saturday at 7.30, we have another one of Glenn's favourite films, a Hidden Life, directed by Terence Malick. This is another nice. gem. Comes highly recommended of my colleague here. Look, I, I everyone should go and see this film. Yeah. Take a pillow, you know. Yeah, get comfortable. That's right. Get, Basically get comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it's it. But like, no, no, but that's not to, to say you shouldn't see it. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like getting the Asta Spooktacular where they run films for like 14 to 16 hours in like a two and a half hour movie. That's right. <laughs> you'll get a solid sleep. <laughs> and when you wake up, that's you'll be right. like, geez, that Hang looks on. pretty. Back it up. We're endorsing the Astor. Yeah, that's right. no, yeah absolutely. If there's any way to see it, it's on the Astor Super yeah. Screen. <laughs> Moving on. What else have they got going <laughs> Then we have the 30th anniversary screening of Dick Tracy. Now we're talking. Wow, Saturday, great. 3 p.m., followed by an unsung. Well, is it an unsung classic, 9 to 5? I love that's 9 it. to 5. What a way to make a living, Dolly. You <laughs> have there's my heart. There's actually a um, stage play happening in Melbourne at the moment oh, as well. I'm right. considering going. Look at that. Do Last the double. Last time I watched it, it was if, on DVD if, in, if in it's Milan. On. If it's on. Do, go there. If yeah, it's well, on. That's exactly, and I was in Milan last time I saw it on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Do the double. Go check out Lily and Jane and Dolly. And, yeah. Yeah. What else we got? What else we got? Keith? Um, no, Jarrett. Oh, we've got Colorado Space coming up on the Thursday at 7.30 now. See, now we're cooking with fire. This is the Monster Fest award winner for Best Film, The Golden Monster, and Best Director for Richard Stanley for the film, uh, for the film from last year's Monster Fest. It's incredible, and to see it on the big screen is a real revelation. Now, if you don't love this podcast enough, mm. I'm going to just let you know that there is an interview that I did with Richard Stanley on one of our episodes Ooh, coming up, and we're going to talk all about the color out of space. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. There's Cinema Fiasco. They've got a screening of Ninja 3, The Domination, which is coming up. I don't know if you've ever seen. This is very different from Enter the Ninja and Revenge of the Ninja. This one takes on like a supernatural sort of context, and um, it's that shit kind of crazy. It's one, a lot of one fun. Of those it's a canon, canon film. Yeah. And it's Into canon the in their decline. You know, really like, what could we do? Well, you know, uh, take Carrie and cross it with one of the ninja films. Okay, yeah, Carrie with a ninja. Sounds good. I think um, it was covered in um, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, I yeah. Think it was. And yep. so that cinema fiasco now, if you're not really accustomed to those guys, it's, it's a pair that basically talk over the film, but in a sort of funny comedy sort of way. Some films definitely deserve it. And I think this is the film. Uh, some other films they've done, like The Omen, not so much, because that's a stone-cold classic. Yeah, Keith, oh. I stole your, the words right out of your mouth. <laughs> Mate, it's a catch crime. It's <laughs> it is. And <laughs> um, they've also got... No, that's... They, oh, well, they, no, they've got Cats coming up, and I'm actually really keen because I have not seen Cats yet. I'm so disappointed and that I have not seen this film, but I need to see it with my wife, and we need... And maybe this is the session to go to. So, this is another catnip. Yeah, bring there's some only, whiskers for Jake. There is only two opinions of cats in this country yeah. that matter. Yep. One would be mine. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the other, other one's Simondo Harcourt? Because okay, he's seen three, it like three, three times opinions. in the cinema. And no. the other one would be every other person in the country that's seen it. <laughs> and, and no, and we're talking uh, Simon out. up in Sydney. Oh, really? Absolutely. Foster, Simon Foster was a fan. He was a big fan. Now this, this, the last he run, one. He runs the Sci-Fi Film Festival up there, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's a festival Simon. director. And he's actually the festival director of our... Monster Fest in Sydney, Fangoria Times Monster Fest in Sydney. So he looks after the Sydney. Mm. Well, Simon. And now this session, this is the encore <laughs> session because they did another. They did one of these like a month ago. Yeah. And they they sold it out or something. It was like close to about eight hundred people. Or did I not call this upon release? I said this is going to be a midnight favorite for years to come. Movie. You did. And then you spoke to your mate who runs the Asta. I had nothing <laughs> no. to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. That was no, all on his no, own volition. No. We've actually got Zach Hepburn, the general manager slash. Ed Programmer for the Asta coming up on an episode of Video Hoarders. It's going to be the next episode to air, which I think airs like Friday, March 28th, just off the top of my head. No, Friday, March 27th it'll be. Uh, and he talks all about the Asta history. It's a bit of a different episode of Video Hoarders. Normally it's obviously video collectors. We did that episode with Tony from Bounty where he was just talking about like 
video distribution in the 80s, moving to DVD. But this one, we're actually talking about the Aster itself. So it's a real celebration of the Aster theatre here in Melbourne. Awesome. Wow. Well, well, that's what's on at the Aster. But now I think Jarrett's PE class. <laughs> this is normally the pre-recorded segment that Jarrett provides for us every single week. We get the pleasure of listening to it live on the mic. This this will be a treat. Oh, well, I'm sweating, Glenn. Like, literally, I know it's hot, but I've been working up a sweat over the first release I want to talk about with you guys because I think you're going to be excited. Biovision are releasing Top Secret on Blu-ray. It's a world first, and it's coming out on Blu-ray this Wednesday. Val Kilmer. In a special edition. First time in HD on wow. disc. And it's going to have deleted scenes. Uh, it's going to have... A mate, commentary track, and mate. it's a commentary track with party tricks, novelty. <laughs> I know a little German. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I I don't know. Have you ever seen Top Secret? I haven't. No. This is going to be your bag, man. Yeah. Tasty totally, bit of Val. It's a great parody. Espionage of films. Espionage spy films of everything that sort of came through the seventies up until this point mm. in the early mid eighties. It's terrific. If arguably, I think it's probably my favorite of the Zucker brothers and Jim Abrams together. It is their best their one. Films. I think it's their best. I one. think my favorite is Kentucky Fried oh, Movie. Of course, yeah. But this yeah. is their best. I it's think it's definitely it's their best. The most polished, most intelligent. Absolutely, and it has infinite replay value. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah. Okay. It's ev- it's just as relevant and funny now as it ever was. Mm. I nearly so, fell over when I saw that this was getting a Blu-ray release. I couldn't believe it. And for us to get it in Australia first before the rest of the world at this point in time, no one else has announced it. Generally, what will happen is if someone locally comes out with it here, which is weird to get a you know global first release here, then someone will jump in and do it overseas at a later point in time. But these guys have the yeah. exclusive, and they've got a bunch of special features on it, so they're not shy about calling it a special edition. It's got the commentary track. It's got alternate scenes, and it's even got a storyboard sequence on there as well. So that's the release I'm most excited about coming out this week. Well, I said I nearly fell over when I heard that, but I did fall over when I heard the other one that they're releasing from the Zucker Brothers. Oh, the Police Squad TV series? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> yeah. know. What? I know. I, I assume that it's gone back and they've got scans from the original, because obviously it was shot on film. The, the, day, the DVD was enough. Still odd. Yeah. Really odd. Because, I mean, <laughs> imagine it's still 4.3, and like I don't know what High Def's going to bring to it, but mm. that said, look, if I'm going into JB Hi-Fi to pick up a copy of Top Secret, Depending on the price of Police Squad, I'll probably pick it up. It's yeah. a Joe great Dante directed one of the episodes yep. of Police Squad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a legendary no-brainer. series. Yeah. It is, yeah. I think, the funniest cop procedural yeah. show since Get Smart. Yeah, oh, mm. incredible. And a short run series, too. It's like only, what, six, six eight episodes? episodes something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very short. I remember never having seen it on TV, but finding it in the video store as a kid. And I think it was probably around the time it got reached, around the time mm. the Naked Gun and renting out. I'm like, how have I not seen this? Yeah. It's amazing. And used to rent it constantly. They had like, I think three volumes of it with all the episodes. You'd rent them out. But yeah, so very excited about those two. What else we got? Well, Roadshow this week are releasing a new title to Blu-ray and it is The Good Liar. Have you seen The Good Liar? the Helen Mirren one? Helen Mirren, Ian McKellen. I saw this at the movies and I really liked it because I didn't know what I was going in for. I thought it was going to be, you know, a bit of a thriller, but it was, it's very much a drama that has a sharp twist at a point in time. And I was really engaged. Yeah, I haven't like seen really it. I haven't seen it either. It's looks really intriguing. Good. Looks it's intriguing. really, really good. And like I said earlier, I love confidence man type sort of scenarios. Yep. Um, I probably didn't say that on air because I was talking about Heartbreakers. I was talking about Gene Hackman. God, I talk about Gene Hackman all the time. What a lad. But Good Liar coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. And it's actually got a couple special features. There's about 12 minutes of deleted scenes as well as a making of feature at the runs at about 13 minutes. I'm excited about that one, yeah. so I'll definitely be picking that up. Get There's a, a couple others coming from Roadshow. Yeah. Not to get terribly excited about. Admittedly, I've not seen them. They're both DTV features, but for another odd reason, Roadshow seeing fit to put this on Blu-ray and DVD. First one's Killer Man. Have you heard about this one with Liam Hemsworth, the brother yeah. who's bound yes. to do more DTV? Yep. Um, and then the other one is The Courier, which is coming out with Dermot Mulroney, who pretty much only does DTV or TV these days. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman's in it, and it's also got Olga. Now, I can't pronounce her surname. I'm certainly going to give it a crack. Kurilenko? Nailed it. And she's from Quantum of Solace, Quantum of Solace. which I knew Keith would like. He's all but over admittedly, it. where does Quantum of Solace fit? Like, where does it sit? Because it wasn't really loved, no, especially I... after Casino Royale. I believe it's underappreciated, but it sits in the bottom seven or eight right, of the Bond okay. pantheon. He loves to use my lingo, you know, underappreciated. <laughs> Under, it's what the only Bond film that is a sequel to a previous film. It is a direct yeah. sequel. It is the shortest film in the Bond series, right. even shorter than Doctor it picks No. Picks up immediately, doesn't it? Picks yeah. up like twenty minutes after. Yeah. Next, so it's no. like a, an encore. It is. It's a pretty it's, depressing opening. From it's pretty. It's well, a pretty yeah. bleak film. I gotta yeah, say. it's the, bleak in general. If yeah, sorry. 
Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that, Bond. You can wait till November to talk about that. No, the last two titles I want to talk about are two titles that are coming out from Eagle. And the first one's Itsy Bitsy, which is a creature feature spider movie. Uh, and it's got a couple genre luminaries in it. You've got Bruce Davison, who's in everything, but Denise Crosby from Pet Cemetery. Absolutely. The first thing I noticed when I read the back of that cover. And you're like, straight away, Denise Crosby, got to watch that. She hasn't done much for Lee. Like, I've got to see that. What, Mortuary's the last thing I saw her in. The <laughs> yeah. to- Toby Hooper film. Which one? Mortuary. Oh, my God. Well, the, what, what year was that? Very early 2000s or late no, 90s? No, late. No, that was 2003, oh, 2004. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was working at JV. I remember when that one came in. I think it might have even been an Eagle release. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Or a Peacock Eagle. Not too sure. Itsy Bitsy, a lot of fun. Definitely worth checking out. So that's debuting on DVD locally. Mm. It, it reads very festivals. similarly to Arachnophobia, if you read it the synopsis. Does. It's got a weird sort of fantasy angle about it as well. And it's slightly more dramatic than you think it would be. You know what? I'm um, excited for it. But get, yeah, get psyched for it. It's good. The only, my only, is that there's a big dependence on CGI. Look, that's just something that we've dealing with these day days age. most creature features do totally totally but i mean it, there's a level of subtlety to it so it's fine the other one's into the ashes which is a revenge thriller that stars frank grillo luke grimes and australia's own robert taylor from rogue and from last year's blood, blood vessel. vessel yeah then there, actually there is a third one that's coming out which i'm not super excited about but i would i'd be willing to give a look to and it's viking uprising the legend of red bad and now the reason is... The legend of Red Bad. Red Bad. Uh, it's a period <laughs> action adventure epic, yeah. 700 AD or something like that. Wow. But it runs at just over two... I think it's two hours and 40 minutes. It's quite long. It's epic. But Jonathan Banks is in it. Mike from Better Call Saul. Yep. And so, Breaking Bad. So I'm kind of like, I want to see him in a period action adventure. You throw to Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, what about Beverly Hills Cop, mate? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, of course. And there's that episode of SWAT he's in. No, nobody remembers that, but he plays a psycho. Mate, he was yeah, great in the sniper. 80s. I, yeah, I have great. to. He's a super villain. Yeah. I yeah. have to check that film out. That sounds Red bad? insane. <laughs> Do it, man. What Do a title. It. Hey, everyone. It is Adam here from Adam's Just Seen, and this week I am reviewing Bloodshot, the latest movie slash abomination from everyone's favourite action star, Vinny D. Vin Diesel. Uh, now, Vin Diesel is kind of like pineapple on pizza, but in the way that does Vin Diesel belong in movies. Um, I think that because outside of Saving Private Ryan and Pitch Black and maybe the first half of Riddick, uh, I'm going to alienate the entire FF fandom here, but I don't think Vinny D has made a good movie. Uh, and I think that the reason why is because despite the fact that he has incredible control as a producer and as this uh, you know above-the-line marquee star, he hasn't affiliated himself with visionary directors. Uh, and he continues that trend here by working with David S.F. Wilson, who is a competent director here in his first outing and has had, got a background and special effects. Um, strangely enough, some of the special effects um, look like they're 20 years old in this movie. But there are clever visual nods to Terminator 2, Fight Club, uh, you know, lots of stuff that I like. But I just think that if Vinny was to affiliate himself with, you know, that kind of visionary genre filmmakers, he could make some great shit. Um, I just think that there is a better version of this movie that exists and that's why I, I didn't hate this movie surprisingly at all um, I think there's a really good framework there I think that with a more vulnerable leading man someone like uh, Denzel Washington or Russell Crowe back in the day and one of those um, you know mentioned genre filmmakers this could be like top shelf sci-fi this could actually be really really good so what is Bloodshot? Uh, Bloodshot is based on a Valiant comic that I think uh, I am the only person that read I had it when I was a kid I remember buying the first issue actually so um, you know I mean comic book movies are kind of all the rage and if they can make Guardians of the Galaxy into a worldwide hit I guess you know the logic is is that can't any comic book character be so what is Bloodshot? Bloodshot is a dead marine who has been revived and is augmented and now can withstand a lot of damage um, this is a movie that's a premise that you've seen a bunch of times before you know Universal Soldier and all the rest um, but what kind of you know lends this kind of like coolness is the production design here is you know high concept and there's some pretty cool gadgets and shit in it so I was kind of like yeah okay um, the movie strangely enough for being a Vin Diesel picture is probably most exciting and comes alive to the most when they bench him when they put him on the side of this movie which they do for kind of long stretches and there is some clever stuff in there you know Guy Pierce is in this and he elevates it kind of as you know the master of puppets but it, um, yeah, it's just almost a good movie. Um, it's kind of like a vegan mozzarella. It's future cheese, you know, like, uh, it's almost like that, you know, Michael Bay was a subtlety consultant on elements of this film. And so tonally, it's all over the place. Like, the first half is really humorless, and then they try to make it really funny by the second half. And 
I just, yeah, maybe, who knows, maybe this is a million test screening movies and one of those things. Is this going to be a franchise starter? Look, I just think, uh, no, but that's because, you know, the world is facing, you know, apparently annihilation. So there was one person in the cinema with me. So is it because the movie itself is average or is it because of the pandemic? We will never know. But look, as it stands, you could do worse. And in Diesel's filmography, I'd actually put this way higher than most of his other movies. So I would give this three out of five stars. Live from America's premier horror and paranormal convention, every Friday night, Scarefest Television brings you guests from the horror and paranormal fields, plus featured movie reviews, entertainment features, and short films. Watch us live every week at ScarefestRadio.com or via Facebook and Twitter by following The Scarefest. Scarefest Radio, the radio you can see. Well, we've come to the tail end of the episode and it's time to recommend a few movies. So ideally, we'd uh, love it if you actually visit our Facebook page and start a conversation about any of the films that we talk about, um, even maybe recommend some of your own. But anyway, let's get straight to it. Keith, lay it on us, mate. I'm coming at you with an absolute stone cold classic mm. from the 60s. Where oh, are we going, going back? I, I, well, we've got out of 1973, we're going 1968. You're regressing, mate. And I'm just going to say this line. Broadsword calling Danny Boy. I'm recommending Brian G. Hutton's World War II adventure classic, Where Eagles Dare, starring Richard Burton, Clint Eastwood, and Mary Err. If you don't know who she is, I don't either. It's fine. This is a Stone Cold classic, and I don't use that term lightly. I believe it inspired the classic video game Wolfenstein. It's about a couple of lads get dropped behind enemy lines. They have to scale the mountains to get to the Sloss Adler uh, mansion where uh, a general is under is being held hostage by the Nazis. So it's a classic, classic adventure mm. mission story. I highly recommend it. It's an ultimate lazy day movie. If you enjoy seeing Nazis die in succession <laughs> with numerous machine guns, and this is for you. We all, we all love a bit of that. And... It's worth it to see how well Richard Burton and Clint Eastwood speak German without going undetected. Well, we're, you know, we're, we're, three, a, a joke. we're three episodes in. I think you're painting a very good picture of who you are. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. You've got to be true to yourself. I mean, you, you, you know, all these B movies you talk about, I'm like, it sums you up. So I'm <laughs> 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 anyway, Where Eagles Dare, classic. Okay, well, because Jarrett is here, I'm actually going to go with something that's amongst the monster catalogue. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Uh, now, I, I'm pretty sure it's still available. At least it is online. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a movie from 2012's Monster Fest called 10 Meters. Oh, yeah. This was this was the one that was shot in Melbourne? Yeah, and directed yep. by Rory yep. Noak, who is actually a very sort of oh, yeah. very good podcaster, runs yeah. a podcast studio. Uh, if you've never heard of this, which, yep. let's face it, not many people will have, it is a bit of a run, Lola, run kind mm. of scenario. It's very fast, intense, uh, 85 minutes of just, totally. you know. Kind of nick of time-ish as well. Yes. Yeah. And it's about a university student that's got a bomb strapped to his chest by another sort of vengeful um, classmate. And he has to stay at least 10 meters away from his assailant or the bomb detonates. Yeah. So it's yeah. essentially a film with a guy strapped to a bomb running through the city and he can't stop. It's like, it's like speed in a backpack well, on foot. Yeah, wow. it's pretty awesome. Yeah, perfect, that perfect way to sum it up. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to give that one a bit of a plug because I, you know, I was looking yeah. at my shelf the other day and I saw it and I'm like, I need to watch that again. Yeah, yeah. It was a very early title in the Monster Catalogue too, so I think it does get overlooked. And here's what's really amazing about it because it's been sitting there all that time I have yep. watched it and I picked up the cover, looked at it and I'm like, mm. I'm friends with the director for God's it's sake. Surreal, isn't it? It just mm. blew my mind. All right, so Jarrett, your turn. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna delve back to 1980 and I'm going to pick a film from Billy Friedkin. Cruising with oh, Al Pacino. Dang, and son. that has an exorcist connection. Absolutely. But I also part like it has just come out on Blu-ray through Arrow. And you know what's weird? I had actually never seen this film before, but I know that people hold it in such high regard. I actually own the soundtrack on vinyl, wow. funnily enough. I got gifted it by a friend. So I I had heard the soundtrack many times before I saw this film. I sat down and watched it with the wife, and we were just entranced by this movie. Anyone that hasn't seen it. It's Al Pacino basically playing an undercover cop who infiltrates, uh, you know, the the gay club scene uh, of the early 80s to try and find a chap, well, we don't know, but we assume it's a chap, like it's, it's mm. just homosexual men, who's killing other gay men. 
uh, and it's a really confronting performance for Al Pacino. Absolutely. I've never seen him in something like this at all. Well, I mean, look, The Subtlety of Dog Day Afternoon, if you haven't seen it, look, I'm not going to ruin anything for you. But anyway, you've never seen him do anything quite like this. And there's such a duality to the role too because Mm. he has his relationship at home and then he has this world that he's entering that he's also being tempted into and he's you know he's questioning his own sexuality throughout mm, the film yep. as well it's an incredible movie and it's it's quite unusual because although the main plot structure mm. is really about the, trying to capture the serial killer it's really a character driven story about Pacino and yep. him questioning a lot of things about his own life yeah. and relationships and it's yeah. it's just well, super intense film kind of feels like us we kind of we know this film but it yep. is a real yep. obscurity like for most yeah. people they oh, would never heard it Absolutely. and do you know the exorcist connection other than the fact no, that Freakin Freakin directed yep. both right of course yeah but the the killer from Cruising yeah. in real life played a nurse in the exorcist Really? So when really? um, Reagan's going through all that treatment, oh. he's in the room, the actual serial killer. Wow. I, no idea. I yeah. did not know that. There you go. So yeah. there's a, a double connection. Little, no, one, I, I'm trying to think, Freakin would have been aware of that at the time. So Surely. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. yeah. Have to be. Have not, to not, be. Not at the time you made The Exorcist. <laughs> 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 I'm going to make a about. film, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> but absolutely incredible film. Can't believe it took me that long to see. But this print, pristine. So it looked phenomenal. But... What a movie. Like, I actually really want to go back and watch this movie mm. almost immediately. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, great film. Much maligned when it came out, too. It, it was so much mm. of Freakin's work was, too. Mm. Like, even I never saw Sorcerer because it had been so long and hard to sort of source and I end up seeing it when they did the restoration, the 4K restoration, and I saw it myth, and I'm like, where has this film been my Amazing. entire life? Yeah. And so that's very much Freakin. Like, yeah. he's such a gifted filmmaker. You know, right up until Killer Joe, even mm-hmm. you know that I just picked up yeah. without a doubt. Well. Bug, love it. Real talent, real yeah, talent. absolutely. All right, so now it's time to announce last week's giveaway winner, and straight to it, Brody Kane. Now this is a guy that's popped up on our um, our Facebook page. He's been liking everything we do. He's been sharing. He's been really involved. So is he a top fan? Uh, he's a top fan. Has he got that star next to him? He is now. <laughs> I'll make that happen. Um, so I hope you're listening, Brody. Um, we'll be in touch in a few days. Uh, thanks for supporting what we do. It means a lot. So you've won uh, a copy of Pie Wacket, Tarnation, Bad Samaritan, Streets of Fire, and... Oh, Streets of Fire as well with Michael Baharay. That's fantastic. Yeah, and Puppet Master, of course. The Littlest Reich. Thanks Incredible. to Monster Pictures. What a, what a racket. The three of those yeah. films have played Monster Fest. Pie Wacket. Brody, you've hit big, son. Puppet Master, all played Monster Fest. How cool is that? So this week we have the last copy of Puppet Master The Little Strike to give away on Blu-ray, and it is going with Itsy Bitsy and Into the Ashes, which Jarrett mentioned on his PE class. So this week it's a little bit different. If you want to uh, win these great little titles, then we're, we're after your recommendations. So if you hit up the Good Movie Monday Facebook page, post your recommendations, make sure you hashtag Good Movie Monday, and we'll pluck the winner out of a hat. Uh, Be creative. Let us know what you're watching. Join the conversation. We would love to hear from you. Anyway, that is it. This is the end of the show. It's been heaps of fun being back on the mic with Jarrett. That's for sure. Hoping to make this more of a semi-regular thing. That'd be ace. That'd be amazing. Thanks, guys, for having me in. Absolutely. It's great. It's been a pleasure. We've got an exciting show coming up next Monday with writer, director Matthew Holmes sitting in Keith's chair while Keith takes a day in lieu Lazy bastard. Uh, Matthew is, of course, the director behind Twin Rivers and the legend of Ben Hall, so I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about. Big thanks to Guillermo up at Screen Round, Adam from Adam's Just Seen, Wes, of course, from Scarefest Television, as well as Eagle Entertainment and Monster Pictures for supporting this new thing that we're doing. Of course, and thanks to every one of you for listening. Join the conversation. Find us on Facebook. Love the banter. And, of course, last but not least, my co-pilot, Keith. Thanks, mate. It's always fun. Always a pleasure. Never a chore, Glenn. (laughs) And this week, we're signing off with a song from the movie that Adam reviewed, Bloodshot. It is Memories Are Made Of This by Johnny Cash. Have a good one, guys. Good movie Monday. Take one fresh and tender kiss Add one stolen night of bliss One girl, one boy Some grief, some joy Memories are made of this Don't forget a small moonbeam Hold it lightly with a dream 
and mine to sip the wine. Memories are made of this. Then at the wedding bells, one house where lovers dwell, three little kids for the flavor. Stir carefully through the day, see how the flavor stays. These are the dreams that we will savor with his blessings from above. Serve it generously with love. One man. One wife, one love for life, men.